Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that makes the case for history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about a shocking moment from the Stuart period of British history, the time when a lawful king was charged for crimes committed against his own people. The day was January 20th, 1649. Following his defeat by Parliament in the English Civil Wars, King Charles I was put on trial for high treason. He was brought before the High Court of Justice at Westminster Hall, and after a week-long trial, was found guilty and sentenced to die. His execution was carried out on January 30th, making Charles I the only English monarch to be tried and put to death while still in power. Charles I was born in the Kingdom of Fife, Scotland, on November 19, 1600. He was the second son and youngest child of James I, the King of England and Scotland, and his wife, Anne of Denmark. Baby Charles, as he came to be called, became heir apparent to his father's throne when he was just 12 years old. It wasn't meant to happen that way, but his older brother Henry passed away at age 18 from what's believed to have been typhoid. Charles I succeeded his father in 1625 and immediately began butting heads with the English Parliament. Like his father before him, Charles believed in the divine right of kings, the idea that they were chosen by God and were therefore above the laws of man. Once on the throne, he dodged every attempt to check his royal power, even going so far as to dissolve Parliament, something he did on multiple occasions, including once for 11 years. During those periods, he effectively ruled alone, forcing unpopular policies on a public that quickly began to view him as a tyrant. 
His actions outraged elected officials, religious groups, and many of his subjects, eventually setting off not one, but two civil wars. Charles and his royalist supporters battled Oliver Cromwell's parliamentarians for seven long, bloody years. In 1647, Charles was captured by the English Parliament, and for a while, negotiations between the two parties went fairly well. However, Oliver Cromwell and the army opposed further talks with the king. In December of 1648, they staged what was basically a military coup. Those who were against the idea of putting a king on trial were either arrested or persuaded to step down. The remaining members formed a new governing body called the Rump Parliament, and in early January of 1649, they made the unprecedented move of indicting their captive king for treason. The House of Lords threw out the charge right away, claiming it was illegal to indict a lawful king. However, the Rump Parliament was undeterred. It passed a bill creating a brand new court specifically to oversee Charles's trial. That so-called High Court of Justice was composed of 135 commissioners, though only 68, all of whom were devout parliamentarians, agreed to attend the king's trial. John Bradshaw served as president of the court, and the prosecution was led by Solicitor General John Cook. In the weeks leading up to the trial, Bradshaw and the commissioners readied the charges against the king and made special preparations for his trial at Westminster Hall including the construction of temporary viewing galleries for the public. Finally, on January 18th, Charles I, who was still under house arrest, was confronted with charges of high treason and other crimes. Two days later, he was brought before the court for the first of four times. In each encounter, the king remained defiant, questioning the court's authority to try him and refusing to enter a plea. Charles was infamously shy and insecure in public due to a lifelong speech impediment. However, with his back against the wall, he managed to deliver the most stirring speech of his whole career. When his accusers claimed to act for the good of the English public, Charles took them to task, famously declaring, quote, I stand more for the liberty of my subjects than any that come here to be my pretended judges. The court was caught off guard by the king's tenacity, but by that point, a guilty verdict was already assured. On January 27th, the judges made it official and passed the following sentence. This court doth adjudge that he the said, Charles Stuart, is a tyrant, traitor, murderer, and public enemy to the good people of this nation, and shall be put to death by the severing of his head from his body. Over the next three days, 59 commissioners signed his death warrant. Meanwhile, the Rump Parliament drew up plans for legislation that would keep the king's son, Charles Jr., later Charles II, from assuming the throne. On the 29th, the king was permitted a chance to say goodbye to his two youngest children, Elizabeth and Henry. Unfortunately, his wife, Queen Henrietta Maria, and their two eldest sons had already gone into exile. The following morning, King Charles I was taken from St. James's Palace and marched by soldiers to the Palace of Whitehall. It was bitterly cold that morning, so Charles requested an extra shirt. Not for his comfort, but to make sure he could appear resolute until his last breath. As he told his captors, quote, The season is so sharp, it will probably make me shake, 
which some observers may imagine proceeds from fear, I would have no such imputation. The request was granted, and at two o'clock that afternoon, Charles was led inside the banqueting house in Whitehall. He was then taken to an upper floor and led out of a window onto a newly erected scaffold draped in black cloth. There, the king found a coffin covered in black velvet waiting just for him. With two hooded executioners at his side, Charles prayed with the Bishop of London and then turned to address the crowd. I go from a corruptible to an incorruptible crown, he said, where no disturbance can be, no disturbance in the world. With that, the king laid his neck on the chopping block and signaled the axemen to swing. Parliament had won the war against the monarchy, and one week later, the office of king was formally abolished. In the end, though, parliamentary rule would only last 11 years. In 1660, the monarchy came roaring back with Charles's son, Charles II, claiming his rightful throne. Under his rule, many of the surviving members of the rump parliament were put on trial themselves, and ten of them were condemned and executed. Charles II's vengeance wasn't limited to the living either. The bodies of several men who had called for his father's death were exhumed, and their heads were placed on poles on top of a tower. Among the desecrated corpses were those of John Bradshaw and Oliver Cromwell, whose head would remain on display for more than two decades. Charles I was, and still is, a polarizing figure. But over time, many have started to see him as what he had ultimately claimed to be, a martyr for his people. That's why, to this day, his supporters pay their respects on the anniversary of his death by leaving wreaths of remembrance at his famous statue. That bronze depiction of Charles on horseback was installed in the center of London in 1675. In a solemn nod to history, the statue faces down Whitehall toward the banqueting house where Charles was executed. In that way, the king is still facing down his own inevitable death. And while he's dressed in a suit of armor now instead of in two shirts, he's still looking defiant as ever. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can get in touch directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play so should we go electric i think we should go electrified with toyota electrified 
electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander, or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.